Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority, and bring the families of the nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 43, beginning at verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honoured and I love you, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 13. As he came out of the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see those great buildings? Not one stone will be left there upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the word of the Lord. 
In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Memory can be a slippery thing. As anyone knows who's ever walked into a room and forgotten what they came in for, or maybe that's just me. But memory matters, and not being able to remember is very frustrating. I'm sure that many of us, myself included, have family members living with dementia, struggling with memory problems far beyond everyday forgetfulness. You may be living with dementia yourself and know it firsthand. It's very hard, and it brings home how important and how precious our memories are. We cherish our memories, the good ones at any rate, preserving them in photos and videos. We keep all sorts of random objects that have memories attached to them. Their sentimental value is often far greater than their monetary worth. It's those things that we want to save if there's a fire or a flood, or more likely these days a computer crash. We can feel really bereft if they're lost. The preciousness of our memories tells us that, in an odd sense, they aren't just about the past. They're not just historical records of academic interest. They matter because they're part of who we are right now. They tell us where we've come from, who's important in our lives, what experiences have shaped us. We lose part of ourselves if we lose them. And memories also shape our future. We can't learn anything unless we can remember what we already know and build on it. The stories we remember and the way we tell them affect the decisions that we make about the kind of lives we want to live and the kind of world we want to live in too. But what's all this got to do with today? Well, the link, of course, is that today is Remembrance Sunday. Remembrance, it's there in the name. This is a day for remembering. We may be remembering conflicts we've been affected by personally, or the stories of our parents and grandparents, or maybe just the things we've seen in films or read in books. But just like any other memory, the remembering we do today isn't just about the past. It also affects who we are now and who we will be in the future. And that, above all, is why it's important. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. That's why I chose Bible readings for today that are future-focused. In the New Testament reading from Mark's Gospel, Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. It's not long before his arrest and crucifixion. But for the moment, they're free to wander and to look around. One of his followers admires the fine temple, the centre of Jewish faith and identity. It had just been extended and beautified by King Herod, probably more out of vanity than genuine faith, but the end result was a building which looked stupendous, especially to peasant farmers and fishermen from Galilee. But Jesus warned them that however solid and glorious this temple looked, it would soon be thrown down. And he was right. A couple of decades later, the Romans lost patience with their troublesome vassal kingdom of Judea and they smashed it to pieces, driving its people into an exile which lasted for most of the next 2,000 years. Herod's grand temple was reduced to rubble. 
and it's never been rebuilt. That's a story which could be told many times over in history. War, oppression and injustice are an ever-present reality in our world. Someone, somewhere, is always suffering their effects, and it's usually the vulnerable who suffer first and most. Women and children, the elderly, the disabled, the poor. We can look at Afghanistan, Sudan, Syria or Yemen and see just the same situations that Jesus warned about. As they say, history repeats itself. It has to. No one listens. There's a hint in what Jesus says, though, that things could be different if only we did listen. Do not be alarmed, he says. Well, why not, we might answer. Wars and rumours of wars, nations rising against nations. It all sounds pretty alarming. But Jesus describes this suffering in a very interesting way. He describes it not as death throes, which is so often what it feels like, but as birth pangs. And that can make all the difference. Times of trouble may come, will come, but we can choose whether we see them simply as endings or as beginnings too. The birth pangs that Jesus talked about will be all too familiar to anyone who's ever had a child. I remember the very wise midwife who looked after me during the birth of my second baby. At the point where it all started to feel impossible, when I was ready to give up, she very deliberately started opening drawers and cupboards, rummaging around and gathering this and that. Excuse me a moment, she said calmly. I just have to get together all the things we'll need for a new baby. Suddenly, I remembered what all the pain and hard work were for, and I found the energy to keep going. Which is just as well, because when it comes to childbirth, once you've started, you've got to finish. I know, of course, that sadly not every labour produces a live birth, but most do. And I needed that wise midwife to encourage me through the tough times with that reminder. Just as we can all need encouragement when the future feels like a dead end, impossible, hopeless. We need people to remind us to look out for what might be coming to birth, not just for what's dying. To believe that new things can happen, even if the old things are passing away. For the people of the Bible, that encouragement often came through remembering the past, telling the old stories again, recalling the love of God which had sustained and strengthened them through the ups and downs of their history. Today's Old Testament reading was written by the prophet Isaiah when the people of Judah were in exile in Babylon, thousands of miles from home, taken there by the Babylonians when they'd conquered their land. They'd already been there for 70 years or so, and it looked as if it was all over for them. Some of them despaired. Surely their culture, their nation, their identity, their faith would all be obliterated. But others spent the time in Babylon gathering together and shaping the stories that had been precious to them for centuries. Their history, their songs, the things that told them who they were. And the words they gathered together are the basis of what we now call the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible. As they pondered those stories, 
stories like that of Moses and the time when God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt, of Joshua, of David and Solomon, of patriarchs and matriarchs, of things that went wrong and how God helped them to put them right. As they pondered these stories, they heard the voice of God in them. They recalled that God had been faithful to them, even when they weren't faithful to him, that he'd stuck with them no matter what. And if he'd done that then, they thought, maybe he would stick with them now. Why not? It hadn't been the end when they were slaves in Egypt, so maybe it wasn't the end now. It's against that backdrop that we need to hear Isaiah's words about the God who promised to be with them always, through the fires and the floods, knowing them and loving them and calling them his own, as he always had done. That's what gave them the hope they needed, the strength to go on. The Babylonians may have treated them like nothing, but they mattered to God, and so they mattered to themselves and to each other. They had a future, and it mattered how they shaped it. Today, as we look around the world, no one could blame us for feeling hopeless and maybe fearful too. There are wars and rumours of wars in our times, as there always have been. But there's also the looming spectre of climate change, already sparking conflict and unrest. COP26, however hard the delegates to it might work, won't pr produce a magic wand to solve that. It's easy for us to despair to remember only the waste and folly we've seen around us. But like those long-ago people of the Bible, we're called also to remember the love and the courage and the decency we've encountered, the inspired and inspiring people who've stood up for goodness in the face of evil, who've helped one another, welcomed strangers, practised forgiveness and generosity of heart. For Christians, all these good things are reminders of God's goodness too, of his love, his presence with us, which brings hope from despair and love from hatred and life from death. So let's remember today, because memory matters, not so that we can live in the past, but so that we can live and live better in the future. Amen. Let us pray. O God of truth and justice, we hold before you those whose memory we cherish and those whose names we will never know. Help us to lift our eyes above the torment of this broken world and grant us the grace to pray for those who wish us harm. As we honour the past, may we put our faith in your future. For you are the source of life and hope, now and forever. Amen. Let us remember before God and commend to his keeping those who've died for their country in war, those whom we knew and whose memories we treasure, and all who have lived and died in the service of humanity. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them.
God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the Church, the Queen, the Commonwealth, and to all humanity peace and concord, and to us and all his servants life everlasting, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us and remain with us always. Amen.